Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome, everybody, to the Blood and Mud podcast. The podcast that wonders who you'd actually wait that long for, for a handshake off. <laughs> oh, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I can understand why Sir Clive really, really wanted that handshake off Sean Edwards. Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I bet Sean Edwards gives good handshakes. Doesn't oh, yeah. It? You know, yeah. There's a, it's like firm, but maybe a little bit too firm, but not so firm that you feel like you're being a dickhead. Looks you in the eye a little bit too intensely. Yeah, mega too much eye contact, but I can live with it. But yeah, I mean, I don't blame him in that regard, but it is one of the funniest videos of the weekend by a, a, some distance. I think what made it even sadder was was the fact that he wasn't... I'd accept it in a way more if he just stood there with his hand held out like a normal handshake. It's yeah, the yeah, fact yeah. he was stood like he was about to do something a little bit more... Yeah, early. it was all a bit fresh. It was all a bit fresh Prince of bel Airy, wasn't it? And no, I don't... And I'm, 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 and I'm using that reference exactly appropriately because that's the last time that Clive Woodward saw anybody do a fancy handshake or anything that he was what <laughs> any media he was consuming was the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, the original one, by the way, not the gritty new one. Yeah, I keep seeing that coming up on as something <laughs> well, to watch. Sky, yeah, is it on Sky Peacock really trying, or something? It I is on Peacock. Sky really want us want me want you to watch the new gritty Fresh Prince of Bel Air, which seems like it should be a joke, but apparently. Apparently, is it yet another vehicle for Will Smith's son? I, apparently, I don't think he is in this one. No, he, Will Smith's too busy trying to make his son be Spider Man, isn't he? So, oh, is he's he? got he's got higher ambitions. We went just... to uh, uh, you. You've got all this to come. Where you've got to go to the thing. This was in high school. You've got to go to things with beginning of the GCSE year in year ten, mm. and you've got to go as parents while the school. I'll tell you how terribly important it is that people work oh, hard. Yeah, and they put a video on of Will Smith. Said, so, you know, but did that thing where they talk, it's like, you know, I mean, has, has everyone heard of Will Smith, the actor, you know, the way he's like, yes. What? Yes. So you know how successful Will Smith is, right? Yes, come on, get to it. So let me just show you a clip of what he says about success. And it obviously comes oh, on around how God. basically his clip is hard work beats talent every time, you know, even and, and all that kind of stuff. He's like, well, have you ever told that to your own fucking son, Will? Because according to that's definitely not been applied to that fucker, has it, basically? Yeah, or, you know, the one that seems, you know, I I watched that film, what he was in with uh, his son. Well, After Earth, was it called? Where they were like... He's in a few of them, wasn't, a, wasn't he in the pursuit was, of happiness with him? He was, yeah. And then, and then they did the karate. Like, genuinely, like, Willow Smith... It's just over here making great music, whipping her hair back and forth and turning into a sort of cool punk rock chick. And, you know, she, you know, it's not like fucking Jada Pinkett Smith is fucking getting her a record deal. I'm sure she did if she wanted to, but like, Will, but Will Smith's here. He's put him in like four films. It's like, Will, eventually you've got to let this kid stand on his own two feet. 
Or should I see their two feet, actually, as he came out as non-binary a couple of years ago, didn't he? Hard work beats talent every Hard time. Work. <laughs> but but Hard money, work by your money and... Dad. Buy your dad to crowbar you into things you don't deserve. Beats yeah. talent every time. Yeah. Connections and money beats talent and hard work and everything. Forever and ever. Anyway, how do we get from Clive Woodward onto I don't know. Jaden well, Smith? I can't remember. It's, I think it's just our natural aversion to... Oh, that's, I mean... I can see why you're as, trying to skirt as usual, no, but As usual, we are the cunts here. Uh, Anna <laughs> says, Will Smith has a food truck who gives out free food to the homeless, just by the way. Oh, well, yeah, it's easy to do that when you're fucking rich and you've got nothing else to do, quite frankly. He doesn't have to, he doesn't have to go to work a nine-to-five, does he? No. Speaking I mean, of collection, somebody just knocked on my door five minutes before we came on air. Um, Open the door. It's a woman with a bucket. Right. Says, uh, I like love... We're collect. We're collecting for Ukraine. We are. Are you? <laughs> she had. She had a lad with her, an adult fella with her, who had Down syndrome. Quite obviously, you know. You're thinking. I can't see what's yeah. in the bucket because this light isn't very good. Is this all an elaborate con? And you brought this <laughs> lad with you to immediately engender sympathy, or it's. Yeah, and is it? Is I mean, it I gave him a fiver. Got, I mean, whatever. They've got a, la- you know what they've I mean? got a lanyard, but that lanyard could have been laminated anywhere. Situation. In this day and age, you can't yeah, trust yeah, the yeah. lanyard now. You can't can trust you? the lanyard. I mean, as somebody wears the lanyard for quite a job where I've got a bit of responsibility dealing with some people, <laughs> I hope they trust my lanyard, but I take the point. Um, right, anyway, so where, where yes. are we talking about? Yeah, so, so who would you wait? Would you ever stand that long way for a handshake off anyone? Genu- I genuinely don't think I would, because my tolerance. I mean, I think I would do it with Jason like Isbell, obviously. Yeah, fair enough. Because I think I, I'd just I wait for as I long as I I'm, needed to, but I wouldn't have my hand unlike, out. I think, unlike Clive, I would not have my like. As soon as it became apparent that he was going in for the full bro hug, on. And that was, wasn't it? Loss. I mean, I was, that was that was like you know. Was, I felt like playing too... with the boys from Top Gun yeah. should be blasted out. <laughs> But like as soon as I saw that was happening, my hand would instantly be back in my pocket. I would not be. I. Would, I mean, I don't yeah. know what happened to Clive Woodward's brain in that moment, <laughs> but it just was real fucking. Because think about it, it it felt like it lasted forever for us watching. So if you were stuck yeah, there, yeah. I must have felt Imagine like about would... an hour, wasn't it? Yeah, because uh, uh, surely after about two or three seconds, you've got to make the decision. You're having the conversation with yourself about whether you need to pull the hand in now. And then after a couple of seconds of that, you've realised you've gone too far. You can't, you can't, you can't pull it in without it looking even worse than if you pull it. And, he's, and compounded by the fact that he's got to realise he's on television as well. Which I mean, Morris Delalio though properly kissed Sean Edwards's bald pate and everything. It, it was a I wonderful mean, moment. The, the stench of desperation from every ex England player there to get <laughs> Sean Edwards back over the fucking. Channel is well, he was saying that Woodward wasn't he? He was saying, you know, we should, you know, we should be getting how have we let him go there? Well, what do you mean, let him? (laughs) France offered him fuckloads of money, and you did, and you had Eddie Jones in charge at that time, and Sean Edwards didn't want to work with him. The end, (laughs) anyway. Hello, everybody. Hello, Um, I'm Lee, and over there is I'm Josh. We are here on the uh, live stream, as you can see us. Hello, we're waving, we're waving. Those of you who aren't watching it on replay, we're still waving. Those of you who are on the podcast, we're still waving, but you can't see us. But um, No, you can't. Which is most of you. We don't get any, yeah. you know, it's not exactly, you know, we're not talking EastEnders viewing figures here. Let's be honest. No, exactly, we're not, we're not. El Dorado viewing figures, think. more like, probably. <laughs> but uh, the... Um, <laughs> I was watching one of those Top of the Pops 90s things the other night because that's what yes. I'm doing now. And uh, there was a, a brief clip of El, of El Dorado in that. And good Lord. It was, was Pilar in it, though. Uh, no, it was it was literally the... Him that went on to be in Bugs, Jesse Birdsell. Jesse Birdsell, yeah. With his big curtains, and yeah. that was it. But well, it was enough to just make... Pilar go, was his wife, and... Yes, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. As a young, as a teenage man... When you watch that, even with developmentally important, yeah. do you remember any of it at all? Did you ever see it? Because you I, were being very va- young. Yes, I very vaguely remember it being on, and I remember my parents being like, "What is this shit?" There was a guy in it called Bunny, bald right. fellow with a tash. He was blatantly probably about fifty, but looked about a hundred when I was like yeah, seventeen yeah, yeah. watching it. And he had a girl, a wife, 
it was about 16. It was horrific. <laughs> I mean, that was the whole plot line that he'd married this really young girl. Horrendous stuff, though. I mean, this is awful. Oh, yeah, his name's Roger Walker. I'm just Googling him. He's been in a few he's... things. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. he's from, Brist- from Bristol. Uh, he's still alive. Right, we've got a lot to get through. I know I'm not helping RS, here, yep. but I do think yeah, we, yeah. Need to, we need to move on. So we're going to talk about some results later, Josh. I suppose I want to ask up front, yeah. are you more philosophical about these things now that you are with child? Um, possibly. And also it's just the resounding sort of undeniable satisfaction you get with being proved conclusively right. <laughs> Oh, more so, of that later. Yeah, people can already right. look forward to that, can't they? It's it's like you know, I, obviously, I didn't enjoy that, but at the same time, it is quite f- sort of satisfying to have everything that you said for the last three years be conclusively demonstrated on the largest stage to be entirely correct, despite many people who've called me a prick for saying it. So, well, they'll still yeah. do that, but at least you they can, will still you do can, that, can... and they will, and the people will call me a cunt for it, and I'm happy to accept that. Because I'm being quite a prick about it, and I'll be the first. <laughs> but but you know what? It's it is. I there is a certain satisfaction the day, there. You've you've realised that your online persona angers people. Yeah, yeah. Something <laughs> something about what I say and the way that I say it makes some yeah. people unbelievably angry, and I can't control that because I'm no. broadly just trying to have a laugh. <laughs> but <laughs> oh well. Speaking. Um, so that was obviously we'll talk about the weekend later on. In between we working and watching the rugby and all that, I um, mm. I've you know there's there, there are certain achievements that as you make your journey through this life, Josh, you yeah, just yeah, have yeah, one yeah. becoming a parent. Yeah, yeah, everybody cool. has that part of the journey, but it is a big moment. So you know you've got like your stabilizers coming off your bike, mm. going to high school. If you're something yeah. like me, your first communion stuff like that. Not that something you would have done. Um, you know, um. Your exams, your record of achievement evening, pissing and or spewing the bed after a night out. You know, yeah, these yeah, things yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, that are kind of... Well, what I've had it? one this weekend. Hello, hit me. For the I have, in the latest sort of milestone of dadness or adultness, yeah. mm. um, I had to, for the first time in my life, buy a new set of masonry drill bits oh, because I'd worn the other ones out. You've worn the others out. <sighs> Not lost See, them. That is good stuff. Not no, misplaced no, no. a chuck key, nothing like that. I'd actually it wasn't working to drill the wall anymore because I'd <laughs> worn it out. It took See, me yeah. it took me about 20 minutes to try to drill a hole into some concrete block, thinking, <laughs> fuck me, this block's hard. And before I realized actually no, my drill bit is fucked. I've got to go to screw fix and wow, get a new one. That's exciting, isn't it? it See, is, I'll tell you what, I had a, you know, I, I I stepped back and I, I looked to the sky and had a bit of a moment. Bit of a moment. It's like, yeah, it's like, you know, I've got a set of masonry drill bits and, you know, there used to be eight of them and now there's six. And I've just had to accept that any holes I want to drill have to be certain, you know, the certain <laughs> diameters. Otherwise... Oh, and then you, have you got the right roll plugs? I'm already getting well, exactly. stressed I'm thinking about this. I've got to get, I've, yeah, this thing, I've got to, like, basically five mil roll plugs are fucking useless to me. Six mil, great. <laughs> four mil, great. In between, I can't do anything with it. Yeah. So you know, you just have to you work around these things. But like, what the, you need the thought is... of actually wearing them out and then having a good reason to buy another set, which I should have done when I lost <laughs> the two other drill bits. It's just really exciting. People need to stop wasting time. You need to buy at least two mm. or three really good seven and six mil drill bits and the matching yeah. roll plugs. All other drill oh, bit right. sizes are largely not no use to you. That's very true. Bit of advice yeah. for you there. Bit of advice for you and for everyone out there. I don't think I've ever used the 8 mil one. It's like, what are you drilling holes in the wall with that for? That's a big old fucking hole. You sometimes need an 8 or a 10 mil one to attach TV wall brackets. Mm. But it's not a big Mm. use. It's not a regular use. I'll give you that. Anyway, so that was my weekend. Um, And obviously we've got the rugby to talk about later on. Um, We are, Lee and Josh, the Blood and Mud podcast. I am, if you want to get in touch with me, I'm on leeatbloodandmud.com on the email. I'm on at bloodandmud on the Twitter. Yeah. Um, and and that's about it, really. Patreon messaging service as well, if you're one of them. But we'll indeed. Uh, I'm at Josh Gardner, or uh, indeed at Rucked underscore Mag, if that is your tipple. Indeed, indeed, indeed. 
Facebook user has just said, whoever that is, red plugs and brown plugs are the only things you need. Correct, with the corresponding six and seven mil drill bits. <laughs> You've got to have the, with the proviso that you absolutely have to have that. Yes. Um, yeah, so that's uh, sort of, I was, you know, I was pulled away into screw thinking then, and, and I got completely thrown <laughs> off, off course. We're on screw the sports thinking social... is the alternative uh, learning channel of screw fix, isn't it? Yes. We are on. <laughs> we are... Very good. We're on the uh, Sports Social Network. We're on Apple Podcasts. Well, anywhere you find your podcast, basically. We're also, mm. most importantly, as you all know, on Patreon.com. Yeah, we are. Blood and mud. <laughs> well, you can come along. That was a bit like that was a bit early Elvis then. It was a little bit, wasn't it? <laughs> it went for the full blue yodel. The yeah. uh, so. Where you can come along for two quid a month or 20 quid for the year. You get extra episodes. You get the full episodes each week. You get all the history podcasts from back in the day. You get um, access to the Facebook group. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of nice chat goes on in there and photos and the like. Also, I, 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 don't, I, I don't want to put this out there because I know we've been here before. But I have scheduled a team of the 90s episode for the 31st of March. I'm giving you a date. It's the 31st of March. I've got a ringer in to do it. We're doing the outside centre, finally. I went to look for the shortlist that we actually compiled last year to do the episode, and it was a year ago. (laughs) So I can only say I'm sorry. I'm definitely going to be doing it on the 31st of week Thursday, so there'll be something else for you there. I believe um, you. I believe you. Yes. Well, you'll have nothing to do with it, will you? So you no, can exactly you can go. So you can have the quiet confidence of a man not involved. So <laughs> I can just like when I was off on paternity, I can just be chippy in the comments. Indeed. Yeah, that's true. And uh, but yeah, but obviously you get access to the live stream each week. Should you be free of a Monday evening or whenever Indeed. else we decide to to broadcast? And there's a few of you here, so hello. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so or you can pay five quid or fifty quid for the entire year in the first go, and you get us having a go at a biography. I don't think we've had any this week. If we have, we've I've missed them. Apologies, give me an elbow and let me know. So there you go. So that's patreon.com slash <laughs> blood and mud, where you can come along and join. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> You're gonna watch a hard Elvis. stop there, wasn't it? It was. You're gonna watch that Baz Luhrmann Elvis film in the summer when it comes. Of course out. I am. Well, Yoel is in it playing. Uh, in you it. you have have interviewed at least two I times. Spoke, I spoke. You? I spoke to yeah. I've interviewed Laura twice. I'm kind uh, of in love with Yola. Oh, she's great, man. Like genuinely, the first time I interviewed her was in this weird like bedsit turned rehearsal space uh She's done all right on, since the then, ad- hasn't she? on the outskirts of bristol and she just turned she turned up in a cab with a guitar and when we were doing the photos she basically the photographer was like can you sing like well look like you're singing when because uh, we're in a studio so it'd be good if you just looked like you were singing into the mic and so she just sang and i was sort of sat well i was stood literally about two feet away from her when she just sort of gave us a little mini concert with just her and a guitar for a couple of minutes and it was fucking magical and she also, I was also, I was also supposed to interview her for 35 35 40 minutes and she didn't stop talking for two and a half hours and every <laughs> bit of it was absolute gold because she is genuinely one of the, my favorite people I ever interviewed she's so much fun um and yes she's going to be a you know in the Elvis film so is Gary Clark Jr Loads of people are in that Elvis. Didn't film. know he was in it. I know she's in it because she's playing Sister Rosetta Tharp. She's playing Sister Rosetta Tharp. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I'll yeah, definitely be watching it. And I've I saw yeah. Yola live in a very small venue in um, Manchester in Gorilla mm. in Manchester, and uh, yeah, her voice is ridiculous. Her voice is unbelievable. It's like yeah, yeah. and she's doing incredibly well for herself over there in America. She has so. like. I, you know, one of those people I didn't genuinely didn't know. Like sometimes when I interview people when they're coming up. I'm not, you know, I'm like, oh, you're definitely going to be a fucking megastar. Like, I loved Yola, but I didn't think that she would be fucking major, major category Grammy nomination, like, mm. six months later, and now fucking massive in the US and all over fucking, like, everything. It's, it's wild, man. She's done very well and deserved it because she was, like, 35 when she had her yeah. first debut album out. So. From Bristol. 
And it's not yeah. the most obvious route to a 35-year-old... <laughs> well, a 35-year-old not... black woman from Bristol is not the most obvious Nashville success story that you think No, it like, isn't. Is it? So... And yet, here we are. And yeah, she's brilliant. Listen to her stuff. Yes, do that. Anyway, mm. um, so shall we begin as we always begin, Josh? I think we better add. With a player spotted. Uh, oh, yes, sir. Chris Hems emails me. Mm. He says, I've got a double player spotted from back in 2014. Hello. He says it was at the Ryder Cup, but I'll try and add some mundane details. Yeah. Uh, whilst in the shopping area, I see a pair mm. of familiar-looking guys looking at some cashmere clothes, which cost more than a week's hire of a mini digger. <laughs> I love. I that know how much that tailor, is. So. He's tailored that very yeah, well. You he knows say. that. Was, he knows that was being picked there. He says I was privileged to see Ali Hogg try on some cashmere gloves. Such he a said, weird <laughs> yeah, he said I was. He, this one's even better. He said I was even. I was overjoyed even more at seeing his Newcastle and Scotland teammate, the necklace burrowing goblin Scott Lawson, try on a turtleneck jumper. Oh no! <laughs> no. He says Ali Hogg did not buy the gloves. He said, but Scott Lawson did buy the turtleneck and looked like a <laughs> belly button. <laughs> Uh, uh, oh, Scott Lawson with a turtleneck. Ooh, and during him with Bash Street Kids, proper job. Yeah, big. So I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna see if he ever wore it in public. I'm googling Scott Lawson turtleneck. <laughs> I bet it'll bring up some really expensive cashmere turtlenecks. I mean, it, I it, there it, is it, a, it definitely a, has, but no, Scott Lawson's not wearing any of them. No, sadly. Chris Hem says at the end, he says, as a sidebar, I said, I need to hire a wood chipper. Have you got any suggestions? I'm loving it. This is the mail that we get now. Oh, honestly. Um, I've never hired a wood chipper, Chris, uh, because every time I've had something really big to do in the garden, I've got somebody to come along with who absolutely, does it for a living with their own wood chipper. What I will say is, though, um, if you're only chipping small things in your garden up to, up to about 45 millimetres diameter, Screwfix do mm -hmm. a chipper for 75 mm -hmm. quid which I did not believe would be any good, and it's blinding. Brilliant. So instead of if, if that's all you need it for, for your garden, then do that. But if yeah, you need yeah. a big fuck-off thing, then If I you're doing know. trees, just get a fucking tree surgeon and do it. Just get them to do it. Yeah. That's what I Indeed. do. Indeed. Uh, okay, so thank you very much, Chris. If anybody else has got any spottings of players out there in the wild doing something boring in a boring situation, then please let mm -hmm. me know on leeapbloodandwood.com on the Patreon messaging service if you're a lovely patron, mm -hmm. or you can do it via the DMs because my DMs are open. Oh, yes, Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Josh, before we get to the weekend, shall we talk about the news that's been happening? And I mean, yeah, there's not been really a huge amount of news because it's all been dominated by Six Nations Eve news. It's I all guess. just English people saying they hate Eddie Jones mostly. It really is, and we'll ways. get on to yeah. we'll get on to that. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, player of tournament shortlist has been uh, has been revealed. Uh, Aldrich hit me Dupont, Aldrich Dupont, Josh Van der Fleer. That's your trio. It's got to be Aldrich, isn't it? For that out of that selection, yes, yes, I did say I was going to burn rugby down if Fiku didn't get it, so I'm a bit disappointed. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I feel like Dupont's just got on there because because he always does, be, he's literally <laughs> going to get nominated every year for the rest of his career. Um, he's like the Dan Carter World Player of the Year nom, he's going to get one forever. Um, 
Aldrete, I mean, he was really good in four games. He was really bad against Wales. Uh, I think so. I had this argument with somebody on the Twitter or a few people mm. when I said I was going to burn rugby down when I about the Fiku thing. And then uh, I had an argument with a few people mm. because they would point out other people. And I said, but Aldrete wasn't great against Wales. He was, or I said he's crap against Wales. And somebody said, I think he just didn't look that good because it was relative to his other performances. He was still, I mean, it was still actually a good performance. Oh, I don't know, mind you. He, dropped, he put a lot of fucking balls on the ground that night. He did, and it was because of COVID. So I suppose you can, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, he's allowed. Yeah. He's, he's arguably allowed, but still, I think Vicky's just been consistently eight out yeah. of ten, nine out of ten every week. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and and the reality is that he, whatever he's playing in that French backline, he is the fucking glue that makes everything work. Also, people kept having these discussions with me when I'd put my position out there quite emphatically. So I don't, I don't yeah, know yeah. why people don't have a discussion with me about it. No, no. Um, um, but yeah, just find a Fleer. I mean, sure. Like, yeah. it's the, the absolute, you know, it just shows what improving your ball carrying does for your how people view you as a flanker. It's like... Yeah, he, he carries hard now, and so everybody thinks he's brilliant. Whereas he's been quite good for quite a while, Josh Renderfleer. He's just added an extra dimension to his game. The um, We're going to do a team of the tournament, aren't we, later on? We we'll are. Bring our stuff out and see how much we match or whatever, and you can argue with us after that, I guess. In other news, in, in well, well, upsetting news, quite frankly. Real upsetting news. Is that uh, the Screaming Skull, yes. Ghost Rider... Yes. The seventeen foot shiny master that is Devin Toner has announced he's to retire at the end of this season. Yes, presumably to become a full time accountant. To become a small time accountant <laughs> in some provincial <laughs> town somewhere. Where he'll probably bring the same unexpected ruthless consistency yeah. to log in the receipts of plumbers in Rathcool or, or something <laughs> along those lines. Uh yeah, I mean weirdly like 276 games in total in his career, 127 looks out of place in every single one. Every of single one, let's think six foot ten, 70 caps for Ireland. Never entirely looked like he belonged anywhere, and yet absolutely did. That's the thing, isn't it? Every time you're yeah. just, how's this working? How is this working? <laughs> like and this, yet somehow it this was should not all work, the time. and yet it does every single time for 70 odd caps. It's it's quite a thing. Fair play to him. And He's definitely not, one for the. We've not done it for a while, but he'll in five years' time there'll be a massively underrated f- feature on Devin Toner. Hundred percent, yeah. Or players who had more caps than you think will be another. Oh, one he could well. be a player caps writer. Perfect candidate. Yeah, seven, seventy caps. I would never tries. get seventy to be honest. That's incredible. Seventy feels mad. Like I would have said, maybe fifty. Seventy feels. I'd have said somewhere insane. between thirty and fifty. Yeah. Fair because he was one. Crazy. He was. He was one. You know. He was yet another one of the many, many players that n- didn't get a chance for ages because Paul O'Connell and Donoghue Callahan existed. Um, and was as uh, was looked absolutely nailed on to be a you're so club guy until they retired, and then all of a sudden he was thrust into you know being Ireland's first choice lock for a while, and it wasn't really until James uh, Thingamajig turned up. James Ryan. James Ryan. I want to call him James O'Brien then. And then my, my, my no, that's the guy who does LBC, who's always annoying on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, six or ten, the tallest man to ever represent Ireland. He's he's the Archbishop of the High Pantheon of the Centrist Dads, isn't he, James he O'Brien? Really, he really is. And some, <laughs> I don't even know if that's like, even a bad thing, but he just is. I think a lot of things I agree with James O'Brien about, but most of the time I just wish, fucking hell, mate, can you just have a day off? I don't like the way that he constantly pulls on his beard on his chin as he's talking. Yeah, I yeah. don't. Do. I think it's a terrible habit. Like we've all got beards, pal. We don't need to constantly stroke yeah. them like we're some sort of fucking Victorian academic. Anyway, yes, Luke, six foot ten of brilliantly under. I mean, he's not even underrated. He just was weirdly effective. Lock. We'll never see his like again. I don't think. Mainly because I don't think somebody with his physical profile would become a 70 cap international in the modern game 
Yeah, that's interesting. To think there was a time. That, there was a time in international rugby where being very, very tall was enough. It's the Luke yes. Charteris gambit. The Darwin Jones gambit. Indeed. Is he any good? Don't know. He's six foot ten. <laughs> he's six foot ten, though. Yeah. <laughs> you can't coach someone to be six foot ten, as Warren Gatland famously said about Adam Beard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any more news, Josh? Before we no saunter on. It's all just angry English people for some reason. <laughs> yes. Pundits go. They go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about the weekend. Before we do, it's probably worth just v- taking our final visit to our uh, Six Nations Ooh. Prediction League. Just to oh, yes. Things off. Um, so it's all over. I managed to climb to 140th, and at Hello. one point I was 202nd. So I'm I'm pleased with that. I, I if my fucking be. football team could have that kind of fucking Lazarus thing, <laughs> I'd be much happier. Let me tell you. I'm actually 140th as well, which is... Oh, well, isn't that perfect in so <laughs> many ways? It, We're both equally that? below average in our cluelessness. We're, yeah, but what are the odds that two people that spend two hours talking about rugby every week and broadly agreeing with each other broadly agree on most things to the point where we've ended up with exactly the same score? So thank you to everybody who got involved in the Match Pine League. It was good fun. Um a, a stunning finish from listener James Mortimer, yes. who won the Blood and Mud League with 225 yeah, points, overtaking Irishman Dyra Moran and consistent leader throughout the tournament, AJ Tinney, yes. um, by having a perfect prediction of, I think, the England-France score and pipping yes. it, coming up on the rail and pipping everybody at the end there to win the entire league. So congratulations, James Mortimer. Indeed. I just like to say, me, you, and Simon Hotchfield, uh, all 140th place with 129 points. Simon, email me if you want to become a regular member of the podcast, because obviously we yeah, are yeah. hang on. Clearly, we are absolutely in 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 sync. Or you were listening to our predictions beforehand and then making yours based on them. In which case, never do that again. Just to give everyone a heads up, Match Pint is well. It, apparently, they're going a bit global. If they're having a bit of an expansion, so they're changing the name to Fanzo S F A N Z O because I imagine pints don't play out around. The no, world, they don't do they? pints in America or other places. places and why not? Britain. They're obsessed with the imperial system in America. Why don't they serve <laughs> pints in pubs? Yeah, that is weird. Um, but also, but, yeah, I've noticed the Match Pint is already in France and places like that, which makes no sense whatsoever because that surely. Doesn't translate to match. So I mean, I mean, I mean, good for them. They seem to be expanding, yeah. and the name is is they're now going to be called Fanzo. The men's Six Nations over, but of course, the women's Six Nations starts next week, Josh. So people can still get involved in a, in the yes. Blood and Mud League for that. Yes, and we'll no doubt be talking about that as over the we coming absolutely weeks. Absolutely, will be. Yeah. Uh, so thank you very much for everybody that joined. And you can still join the league and enter the code Blood and Mud if you want to do it for the women's Six Nations as well. So well done to James. And well done Indeed. to you, Josh, coming 140th. Because, you know, everything should Likewise. be... Congratulations, congratulations to you for coming 140th yeah, as well. Yeah, come on. We should have some more recognition. Everybody tries the best, don't they? Everybody's Indeed. doing the best, do you? Speaking of everybody doing the best, or not, <laughs> shall, we, uh, <laughs> shall we have a talk about the games from the weekend? I think we probably should, yeah. At this point, we say goodbye to our non-patron listeners. We do. Um, and we'll speak to you on the other side, maybe we'll for the team of the tournament. So see you in a bit. Bye bye. Yeah, Lamaro. Fucking. Oh, I just. I, I was going to have a suit for my good, but honestly, I love how how Lamaro is this like so much. amazing, well, super powerful player. Then when he's interviewed, he's like this sort of like slightly nerdy teenager. That's the thing. It's, he's it's got this like thing. he's got this curly curly hair and this like cherubic little face. <laughs> he look. He looks like someone's inflated Josh Groban, but like <laughs> my God. He's really good, and he that said "fuck on, on. BBC," <laughs> but he says "fuck on the BBC" at three in the afternoon. My absolute hero, I love him. Yeah. Okay, that is the games from the weekend. Yes. We welcome back our non-patron listeners. We do, uh, and let's very quickly do a team of the tournament before shit good, shall we? Um, I think we should. Which way do we want to go first? Do we want to go from the front row back? Uh, up, yeah. Why not? My front row is Cyril by Marshon and Tyke Furlong. I'm, uh, I, I, I might is, have thrown Genj in there, but I didn't. I was going to say I threw Genj in there because, and I think to be honest with you, Furlong, uh, he's he's not had his best tournament, but I think he's still probably the best tight end in the world, even though he struggled at the scrum a bit. Like 
the things he does in the loose are not what other people do. But yeah, I think Genji's has, particularly in the last two weeks, he's been fucking epically good. Like proper, oh, you could be one of the best, you could be the best player in your position in the world if you carry on playing like that, son. Good. He doesn't give me the same amount of sheer and pure joy as Cyril Bai, though. So. I mean, Cyril Bai does provide everyone. It was really hard for me not to pick the French starting 15. As, yeah, as that's what I found. So, like, to I be, brutal, to be brutally honest, I've really had to try hard not to just make this all France because they are all just a delight. And like, I wish I could have picked you all, but I've picked just Marshawn in the front row because I'm trying to be kind of vaguely spreading it out. Second rows, then. Do you give me your second rows? Uh, Itoje and Walkie. Yes. I would have also taken Will Elmser as a lock, potentially. I'd have probably dropped but... Itoji for Will Elmser, but there you go. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> Again. Either way, Itoji um, and Woki, that'll do, yeah. Yeah. Back um, row, seven and eight were fairly easy for me. I thought it was it was Jelanc yeah. and Aldrete, which was fairly straightforward for me, to be honest. Okay, but, uh... I went Aldrete and Josh van der Fleer because I think he has played very fucking well this tournament. Well, I then sort of said on the other side, Lamaro... Van der Fleer, but I'd then I'd move Jelanc to six just because he can play there. See, he's I, picked, I picked Cretan at six purely because he's made me not notice the absence of Olivon for the last <laughs> five weeks. Stephen Thomas was a decent shower at six, I think. Is yeah, it? he was. Like it's been a good, like it's been some real good back rows this tournament. None of them Welsh. Um, <laughs> Falatau, though, to be fair, Falatau, the two yes, games yeah, he did yeah, have were yeah, two or three games. Yeah. Three games, yeah. but not all. Even, even even on even against Italy, Falato was trying to be the was basically the only good thing in that fucking Moss team. Um, backs then. Uh, Dupont and Intermac. Uh, I went for Dupont at nine and ten. I went Marcus. But no, obviously, Intermac. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's obviously Intermac, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Although you know, a fucking a baffling. Tip of the hat to Johnny Sexton, who's been very good in spite of everything. Yes, I think that one of the most good, one of the best things about for Ireland really is that Sexton still looks fucking full of it, like he always does, and actually Carberry's fit again and look very comfortable back at the start. Yeah, yeah. Ireland have two decent looking tents, which is fair play. And then centres, I've gone, I've gone Fiku, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then it was a toss up between, well, Dante. I think mm-hmm. it was fairly solid. I'd have, I thought Henry Slade played all right. I went Henry Slade. I tell you what, like he has looked more influential playing 12 for England in the last five or six games than he has playing 13 for England for the last four yard caps. And I just think, yeah, when when Farrell's fit, it's going to be real fucking awkward because I, I don't think New England needs... <laughs> him at 12 more than they need Henry Slade at 12. Imagine how much you could put it on a fucking pinpoint for Stewart to run onto, though, in the New England attack. <laughs> oof, oof. Um, wings, I just went all France, Pinot and Villiers. Uh, I went Pinot and Darcy Graham because I'm going to continue to say how he's been very good this year because I think he has. I'd have happily gone for Darcy Graham as well, yeah. 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 Uh, and to be honest with you, as much as I, he's a ridiculous... Character James Lowe has played really fucking well with his station. ornamental hair. He's, yeah, uh, he's played very well. And then fullback was Hugo Keenan, who I thought was, just it was. perfect, yeah. mostly really. Yeah, Jaminet could have easily been in there as well. Uh, Freddie Stewart's played well, but yeah, for me, it's Keenan just does Keenan. everything. Keenan's just such well. a yeah. love, yeah, it's just such a nice player. Like, he never makes mistakes, he always turns up in the right place. He, yeah. he, he's faster than he looks. He's more elusive than he looks. The ball always sticks. Yeah. He doesn't make big hits, but he drops everybody. Yeah. He's basically... You know, don't forget, he's like... the one who put Hog on his ass as the is, line yeah. was, was begging, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so there you go. That's our, our, our team of the tournament there. I don't think it's Indeed. a million miles away from what most people would would select, perhaps. No. Maybe, maybe some people are laughing at Henry Slade, but actually maybe. we both agree. And we came yeah. and joined 140th in our league, so exactly. we're not talking about it. So we finish on shit good quickly. I think we should. Uh, Tom Pollock gets in touch on the shit. 
And he mm. says, people, he says, shit for me is people being baffled why England's attack isn't working. I've been watching for six weeks now. It's increasingly insane that it's obvious that Smith is a fine player, probably England's best tenor in structured play, but on la- on, but alas, most players isn't unstructured at this level. And he's not a patch on Ford for patiently unpicking an organised defence. And England's attack's been run by Ford. I I tend to agree, Tom. I think I do think that uh, he he looks he looks okay at this level, Smith. I just think yeah. that George Ford is twenty eight years old now, with yeah. a load of caps on his belt, absolute prime, <laughs> and, and and runs a defense an attack wonderfully in that doesn't do any goose yeah. steps. Obviously, yeah. isn't Jesus? Obviously, no. but probably I think should be back in the team as soon as it's humanly possible for me. Yeah, I think what we're likely going to have is another summer of fucking about and then autumn tw- autumn 2022, it's going to be <laughs> Ford, Farrell and Slade with Ben Youngs as your England fucking halfbacks in midfield and he's just going to go back to doing that again and once again he'll probably start working again. And Marcus Smith, I think, at this point in his career, off the bench for England, if mm. you want somebody to come on and create a bit of chaos, I think is an attack attire defence and use his pace and use his sort of ability to kind of ghost through gaps and all of that sort of stuff. But, like, literally all he's done in the Six Nations is kick goals. And he's kicked his goals very well, don't get me wrong. But, like, George Ford can do that. I just... I don't see what the point of him is at this point in his career. Have you got any shit? Apart from everything you uh, want to talk about? Uh, touched on it, Louis Samet. Like, he's regressed so massively that, like, I genuinely don't know if he's going to, if this is just a hiccup or if he's effectively heading towards being a turbo Tom Priddy. Like a Tom, a Tom Pretty that ended up on the Lions tour somehow, because like all he's got is pace, and he seems to have forgotten how to kick, which was the other th- the thing that he did really well last year was he kicked intelligently. I, I think if you're going to bring him in and, and get him to do a bit of work, it needs to be like Francis Penno. It needs to be into a pattern where he's free when the ball gets in his hands. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And give him because once he's in space, it's fucking over. He doesn't even need a sidestep. He can just arc around most people because he's so fucking quick. Yeah, but um, but the thing I is, he think thinks he just he's, needs a, he he's needs so minute, quick yeah. that he can beat he can beat everyone whenever he gets the ball, and it's a it's a real disease for this Welsh backline in general because Liam Williams thinks that as well. But like, <laughs> like this notion that you have to score a try every time you touch the ball is so fucking damaging to a team that has any kind of wants to have any kind of pattern at this level and he's just bad at the moment. Stu Clark gets in touch. He says that shit is hog and his ego binning clear is he hit and his ego binning a clear try. Yes. He said, but I have a good is Hamish Watson, the Mish. Of course he's good. Uh, making more consecutive tackles in the Six Nations and Stephen Jones has awards. Yes. Quite. Um, Jonathan Newton gets in touch and says that shit is Glasgow University releasing a press release about how Ross Thompson juggles his studies and rugby career with support from his uni while current and former women's Scotland internationals receive no support at all from the university (laughs) during the time they were there. Good. Great. Evergreen points these in terms of... Can't wait for the Women's Six Nations next week. Uh... Okay, um, James Brown gets in touch. He says, shit is everything associated with men's rugby union in Wales. He said, however, good yeah. is historically every Welsh coach that has lost to Italy has been gone within the year. <laughs> I mean, I don't think there's any doubt now that Wayne Pivak, unless he wins the World Cup, is going to be gone in 18 months. But, like, he shouldn't have to wait. we shouldn't have to wait that long, frankly. Pete Longbocken makes the point, and it's a fair point to raise, I guess. Top top of the fly half stats for total points scored, try scored, and defenders beaten, and meters made. But okay, Marcus Smith did nothing. Obviously, pointing out a fact that's what we've just said. Mark, the only thing Marcus Smith did it against Italy. Get the fuck. Honestly. Also, 
he doesn't do anything to give any international attack shape. And I think that's the thing. And I think that the George Ford would do that better and would and would kick points from the team the same way. So yeah, I'll give you another stat. England historically low tries scored. Yeah. And have they scored any tries? Like they scored yeah. what about four tries or three tries I mean, outside of the Italy game? Come on. We say he's done nothing because we like hyperbole. Yeah, no, you may have noticed, but uh, but yes, yeah, yeah. I, I still think that's the the fundamental. Italy problem. doesn't count. Well, you're right to make the point. You're right Welsh fan, I, I'm I'm firmly in the thing that anything. <laughs> Italy doesn't count. Yeah, yeah. Miles Burley gets in touch. He says, "Shit is England at the breakdown when they don't have Curry or the recently retired Mark Wilson. You're mm. not good. You're not too good to get to rocks and clear out, lads. I'm looking at you, Laws and Simmons. Underhill played well when he's being back. He did. Well, that's the thing. Underhill just turns up and does Underhill things. Yeah, yeah. Um, Colin McBride says, shit is that you can't, the argument that you shouldn't change your coaches less than two years from a World Cup. If a coach is hopelessly out of the depth and the players are just fed up with him, is there no, there's no point keeping him knocking about the players for the sake of it? Yeah, I agree with that. I don't. I think two years is plenty. But also, I think it's like three or as four. As Michael Checker has demonstrated, two years yeah. is enough to pick up a team, make it brilliant, and then turn them into shite and get them yeah. all hating you. Yeah, There's a hell of a lot you can do in two years. So much if you if you're properly motivated. <laughs> uh, any more shits from you, Josh? Nah, should we do good? I've got a good. Not not Capuazzo's, not the try. Mm. Specifically, Capuazzo's in and out. Yeah, I loved when it when he broke the line. Yeah, the way he went like about ten foot left of this awkward step, and then and completely put was it Kieran Hardy on his ass? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was literally was crawling. Glorious. He'd like spun him yeah. around on his back, effectively, <laughs> and, then, and then he was trying to crawl towards him. And then the pass, of course. Yeah, which is I, the did, thing I that... didn't think that was going to happen. I thought he's going to try and step again here, but no, he just looked and went boof. Let's take the easy way out. Yeah, and the pass was the pass was the thing that made it because if he'd, even if he'd scored from there, like he was look, you know, he was basically scoring in the corner because. Good point. Yeah. And whereas by passing inside to Padovani, it gave him a clear run to go under the post to make that the world's most gimme fucking conversion. Would you know he kicked very well on Saturday, but like it's a different kettle of fish if you're trying to do a touchline conversion to win your first game in six years and you're like 23. It's yeah, it, it won the game for them, it absolutely did. Uh, any good from you? Uh, good. The Women's Six Nations starts next week. Yes, it does. Indeed. And, you know, it's it's everyone easy to go, oh, Six Nations over there now. And it's like, well, no, but look, <laughs> there's, there's more Six Nations coming. And it's really, yes. it's going to be really good. I'm Get really pumped. It. We, will, uh, we will be covering those games next week. Um, Joe Taring gets in touch. He says, good was Dan Bigger visibly fuming at being shifted to fullback. <laughs> So yeah. that the Welsh Shane Geraghty could get another blast at ten. Honestly, we, we spoke about, <laughs> the Welsh Shane Geraghty is fucking is, perfect. It's bang on though. Talk about people who should never play for Wales again. <laughs> Fuck me, Callum Sheedy would tra- would really have a job to put together a worse half hour of fucking work. He got put on his what? ass quite a few times when trying to tackle as well. Didn't he? It, was, it was pathetic, man. Jeez. God love him. George Gotold gets in touch. He says, good was Garbisi crying his eyes out. Yes. <laughs> but I like this. Listen, he says, I wasn't in front of the game and I just saw the gif and I was heartbroken and thought that he'd missed it. He said, I only realised that 10 minutes later, he was crying tears of joy. <laughs> so because he hadn't seen the game, he thought he'd missed it. He thought he'd done a oh, full God. Don Fox rugby league oh, water splash final. Oh, the poor lad, the poor <laughs> lad. No, he's, no, he'd actually kicked it and was just got very Italian about it. <laughs> Uh, while we're still on Italy, Gordon McCracken gets in touch. He says, "Good is Federico Rutzer. No, so, no yep. shortage of praise for Lamaro, Garbisi, etc. But I would say Rutzer has made, played a huge part. Leads the tournament for lineouts. One, he's made fifty tackles. Outstanding as Italy star players are. There's been a notable increase in the number of guys they have, like Rutzer, that can turn in seven or eight out of ten performances every week. Yeah." Pettinelli, I like as well. Who played six at the yeah, weekend? He came off too. the bench during the tournament. He's a good player. Good players. Uh, Elliot Fry gets into it. He says, good is some pessimists thought that Wales wouldn't manage to bag the bonus point against Italy, but they managed it, didn't they? <laughs> Very good, Elliot, yes. Uh, 
Andy Bradshaw gets in touch. He said, good is Sam Underhill. Yeah, there's a reason that this was the best English performance. And I know that's not saying much, he says, but he was bloody great. And him and Curry together are why they did so well in the last World Cup. Yeah, that's the thing. There are people to come back, aren't they? Farrell to come back. Curry fit again. Underhill fit again. Yeah. Jamie Phillips says he's good. Dylan Hartley speaking for all of us when he told Jiffy, you're living in the 80s, mate. That's very fucking true. Can someone say that to Sean Holly about the early 2000s as well? Jesus, a hard watch. See what he's on, on Scrum 5, was it? What was it? You know, a lot of you won't look at things that are happening off the ball like oh me. Oh, my you know? God. He, <laughs> yeah. makes, he, made, he made an already bad weekend so much worse. <laughs> uh, Katie Watson gets in touch. Hello, Katie. She says, good is having a four-legged distraction from all the rhetoric surrounding the weekend's rugby. She said, but shit, literally shit, is that it's a nine-week-old puppy. Oh, well, I mean, oh, enjoy what's, him what's or her, Katie. Yeah. And finally, Cyril Lewis gets in touch. As good as being reminded of the fantastic game that was the Rainbow Cup final, where yeah. Benetton demolished the Bulls, who had not got who had not got off the bus thinking they were bound to win. Uh, and the coach and the players of that winning team were, yes, indeed, Mr. Crowley himself. Down, down, down. <laughs> Any more goods, Josh, Your before we draw this to a close? Nah, let's go. Hey, that's actually good. Is uh, Ladbrook's offering um, better odds for Johnny Wilkinson to be the next England coach than Clive Woodward, which is really funny. 33 funny. to 1, Johnny Wilkinson. Wilkinson was 33, Honestly, Woodward was 50. Honestly, man. But that means people are putting money funny. on that. Why are people no. so fucking stupid, man? I don't know. I don't know. The English the English betting public in particular are very oh, stupid. Very silly people. What's the old joke as it goes? 33 to 1, that means if you put a tenner on him being coach, you will lose a tenner. <laughs> um, yeah. Right, that's us. Thank you very much, Josh. Indeed. The end of the men's Six Nations, and we kick into the women's next week, which is something to look forward to. And we'll be back to talk about all that and more, and there'll be some Team of the Nights coming up as well at some point. All right. Thank you, Josh. Goodbye. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.